Welcome to the show, Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation with the wonderful Dr. Hokehe F. Young. Welcome to the show today. Thank you, Dr. Ruth. It's a pleasure. Yes, it's been a long time coming. I know. I know. And I think we connected via Fallon Jordan through the Amen Clinics. And I know we've been hoping to have this conversation together for some time. So I'm really excited that we finally um, found the time and got our diaries together. So, yes. Super excited to have this conversation because I know I spoke to you on on your show some time ago. So um, really excited to to do that exchange. So for those that don't know, um, Dr. Hokehe Echo is a mum. She's a paediatrician. She's a TEDx speaker and nonprofit founder and is passionate about helping both children and adults boost the brain health of the health of their brains, pardon me, uh, so that they can thrive in every area of life. She loves to help children with ADHD go from fidgety to focused. I absolutely love that um, by addressing the root causes of their behavior. And I'm really excited to dive into that today. But before we start, I'd love to know what you're passionate about in life right now. Thank you again for having me on the show, Dr. Ruth. Yeah, so right now I am passionate about talking to as many people as I can about how can we get healthier? How can we pay more attention to what's going on here? Because this is what drives everything that we do. So that's the way I approach it with kids, with adults, like I, like Dr. Ruth said. So that's what I'm really passionate about because I, I feel like if we don't pay attention to that, then we're really missing the boat. And yes, we're not trained as physicians to talk about health from the angle of the brain. But I found that when I do that, it like lights lights up the either the child or the adult. And it's it makes them more likely to make changes than if you mm. just say, yeah, drink some water, eat some veggies. <laughs> the usual yeah. stuff. So. Do you know, I think that's so true. And I, I find this in... Um, in the clients that I talk to that it's it's a really much kinder conversation it seems when we right. talk about it through the lens of brain health right because yeah. we're not talking about them being the issue and you know we're talking about their brain struggling and that they've got the power to direct their brain to make the right decisions right um and and it's really great for kids too and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this from your perspective Yes. Um, because it's e- it's easy to teach them mm-hmm. about their brain because it's the same way as you teach them about their heart. It's an easy c- topic of conversation. Right. Um, and, and, you know, my daughter, Lily, mm-hmm. and I know you've got kids too, is that she, we talk about her soldiers in her guts. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about the good soldiers and the bad soldiers, and it's a great conversation to have with her about making right. sure that her soldiers... She's feeding her soldiers to make them strong. I'm um, going to have to borrow that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're welcome to. I, I wish everybody would, to be honest. It, it's such an easy conversation. And we talk, you know, we talk about feeding her family <laughs> in her guts. Um, and, and then she, she loves watching videos of the microbiome oh, um, wow. and how her gut talks to her brain. And she, you know, she says, Mommy, can I, can I watch the video of the microbiome while she's eating her breakfast? um you know she's she's three and a half (laughs) Um, we don't give we don't give children enough credit to what they can learn you know and I think it's such an important topic talking about the brain and 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 how it's connected to the body and how they can influence the outcomes of their lives yes you're absolutely right it reminds me of when I taught my my, she's five now, but when she was two, I taught her that, after I learned this from Dr. Eamon, I taught her that blueberries are God's candy. Oh, my Lord. Since then, <laughs> she tells everybody who will listen. And that's why they all need to eat their blueberries. I'm like, thank you so much. Yeah, I know. And I totally agree. And also, I, you know, I teach my daughter that sugar feeds her bad bugs. Mm-hmm. So don't you don't want to feed the bad bugs in your gut because they'll, right. they'll kill the good ones and right. make them poorly. So, right. you know, it's these simple concepts, isn't it, that children yeah. latch on to and they really become the warriors, don't they, yes. for, for their health. So I'd love to know before we dive into 
your area of expertise and, and the topics that we're going to talk about today. What for you is optimal brain health in the context of your life's journey? So that's an excellent question. So for me, optimal brain health is me being, first of all, aware of who I am, where I am in regards to circumstances in life, like where I am right now. And first of all, being aware and also recognizing what's in my control and what's not and being authentic to myself and asking myself, so what can you do better? Because I think, I feel like the, the reason we're all here is that every day we are better, right? And we do mm -hmm. uh, we treat others better and every day we, we try to do better. So that's for me because I understand that whatever I focus on grows. So if I focus on changing, on growing, on being the best version of myself, then that sets my brain, makes my brain happy and mm. in turn makes me happy. <laughs> so it's a good, very good cycle I found to, to, um, that I've gotten into. So yeah. yeah, and I think it's so important that awareness piece because I certainly had zero awareness <laughs> when I was a child about, you know, my brain, even though it's the engine that runs everything. But I really had no clue um, how powerful it was uh, and how vulnerable it was at the same time to to the world around us. And And I know you mentioned, you know, your awareness of where you are now and what you can do, what you're empowered to do to change. Right. Has, has there ever been a time for you where you haven't been able to dial those elements of your brain health in, and starting with the awareness? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll tell you my own brain story. When I was a junior in college, I uh, was in two car accidents, like exactly six months apart. So, I got discharged from physical therapy on a Friday. On the very next day, I had the second one. So Monday, I was right back to physical therapy. So wow. what happened was because I, I had concussions both times and um, I started not to do well in school. So I was sent to go see a neuropsychologist who, who tested me, asked me what I'd like to do. And I said, well, I was a junior in college at that time. So I said, I've, I've always wanted to be a pediatrician since I was five. So the guy proceeded to tell me, or the doctor, I should say, <laughs> proceeded to tell me that, well, listen, you're only average. In fact, you're even below average. Um, there is no way you're going to medical school like you're, you're not going to medical school. He didn't even say maybe try. He said you are not going to medical school. So I highly suggest you go find something else to do. So you see, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of the brain and how it works because I totally yeah. believe this guy. And of course, because I believed that I was less than average, I went from an A student to an F student, like flat. Wow. And so I had to I had to withdraw from college that semester. But my parents, of course, were like, well, fine. And then, of course, before the next semester, I was on antidepressants. I was just not doing well at all. And they were like, oh, you're going back to college. It doesn't matter what he says. <laughs> so... So that's, that's an important piece with brain health is the relationships that you have around you, right? Even if yeah. it's, you just need one, 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 good, one good person to speak into your life. So my parents consistently told me I was their doctor and that they, I just needed to go back to school. So, of course, I went back to school. I wish I could say it was easy, but it wasn't, but I made it. <laughs> so, um, and looking back now, that consistency of hearing you can do this you can do this you know i started to started to override what i had heard and believed mm -hmm. and i started to think i could actually do it and i did it right even even though i went through hoops and all of that i still did it because i start i started to believe that i could and so that's like a really critical thing is 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 knowing that our brains we are not stuck with the brains we have our brains can heal Mm -hmm. brains can make new connections and and I think and I always tell people this like that's a really good no matter how bad things are that's a good place to start just to remember mm -hmm. like the power of your brain and and mm -hmm. the capacity you have to change <clears throat> I, I I love that and I, I you know and I think it it really resonates with me although I I didn't listen <laughs> 
to the people that believed in me i i i got stuck and um i i when i finished my first degree i was really interested in going doing medicine and i went to the careers advisor and said i really considering doing a medical degree right. uh, on top of my physics degree mm -hmm. and they said i don't think you're intelligent enough um you need to go into um you'll be better you know you do these online assessments although online right. then was you know you had to get a cassette record <laughs> and a handle and wind things up to get things online but right. i did this on an assessment and they said oh, you're much more suited to sales and wow. I thought, I don't want to go into sales. So I went up and furthered my education and got an MSc distinction and then did a PhD. But, wow. I, but I did, you know, I, I did listen to the naysayers yeah. uh, and didn't pursue the path that, you know, I really was interested in. But I, I did pursue one that I really wanted to anyway. But it's very easy, isn't it, to, yeah. to get stuck in that negative self-talk that somebody has given to you and it's like a broken record is you mm -hmm. know like they cut you once but you cut yourself a thousand times right and it, and it takes a really long time to rewire yourself right to realize that you're good enough and I love that you said that you just need that one person that truly believes in you right which could just be you right <laughs> um, <laughs> <That too. laughs> yeah, yeah? Um, yeah. And you just turn down the volume of negativity, and you turn right. up the volume of of positivity, and uh, and to get to choose who you listen to. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. It, it is important. I, I often hear about the the five people around you, like indicates like who you really are. So it's important to surround yourself with 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 people who will speak good, speak life, not speak can't, can't, can't. So yeah. yes, to go back to your to what you said, yes, there might not be those people around you, but wherever you are in your in your life, you can, if possible, seek out seek out people who will speak good to you. And, and yeah. of course, you always start with ourselves, like you said. Yeah. 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 I I love that, and I'd love to. You know, obviously, you went on your journey to become a pediatrician. Could you? Could you take us a bit on the journey? Because obviously you had these two major concussions, right? Uh, and they put you on antidepressants. And I'm I'm assuming actually you had to let your brain heal because it it was traumatized from a physical concussion perspective, and there was a lot of bruising of, of the brain. How how did you how did you overcome that particular trauma, and and where did that lead you in, in the context of getting that fascination about brain health yeah so um yeah so I went back to school I still struggled but over time I kept getting better I got tutoring I my parents were big on healthy eating so that helped without me yeah. really knowing it would help so that <laughs> helped <laughs> And yes, I took several detours. I, after I finished my, so I went, I, I used to, I was a chemistry major and then I switched over to psychology because I just, <laughs> just couldn't handle oh, chemistry, chemistry anymore. That was tucked <laughs> into my brain. <laughs> I was like, okay, never mind. So I switched over to psychology as a bachelor's degree. I did end up graduating with my classmates and then I just wasn't sure what to do because I still kind of in my head really didn't think I could go to med school. So I went to do a master's in public health in tropical diseases. That wow. was fun. I went back home to Nigeria and did some work there on malaria. Then I came back and I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply to nursing school because I don't think I can get into med school. So I did all that. I applied to nursing school. <laughs> my siblings were like, what are you doing? You always wanted to be a doctor. What in the world? So, yeah, I almost went. I, I got into a PhD program for nursing and I almost went. But last ditch effort, I was like, okay, I'll just apply to med school. And I got in. I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I must say before then, I did fail. I, I think I took the medical school exam twice. And that just, after that, I was just like, okay, I'm done. I guess the guy was right after all. But then I took it the third time and I did do way better because I changed the way I was studying. Uh -huh. So I, I have learned along this journey to own what seems like failure. 
Well, now I don't view it as failure. I just view it as just a rung on the ladder, right? To get uh -huh. me to where I'm going. Because if I didn't fail, then I wouldn't push myself to figure out how, I, how my brain studies better, right? I wouldn't push yeah. myself to figure out ways to walk around or strengthen things I needed strengthening. And of course, the belief in myself. So there's something about failing something and trying it again and getting it that does something to the way you think about yourself. So that definitely helped. So after the master's in public health, so then I got into med school. Yes. And then I went to med school and that, wow. <laughs> Medical school was something. <laughs> but I made it. Yay. <laughs> it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. So, but I made it and I got into residency training in pediatrics, which is what I've always wanted to do. So, you know, it all worked out despite all those hiccups early on um, and the quote unquote, the failures and the yeah. falling down and getting up, the falling down and getting up. And yeah, so it was by no means a smooth ride, but <laughs> that's life, right? Right? Life yeah. is never smooth. So it's good for us to talk about the downs, the ups, and not just give people a sense of, oh, yeah, I just got there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's so important, though, to acknowledge those bumps in the road yeah because if you don't acknowledge that they were there you don't know to avoid them next time <laughs> right yeah and then you don't learn do you if you you know like you said you had to learn mm -hmm. how to use your brain to best effect and learn to best effect yes. um and it required a different strategy right and that's okay because <laughs> everybody's brain is different you know the way right. that I learn is not going to be the same way as you learn is not going to be the same way as the person right. next door to you learns that's just not the way it goes right um, and I think it's really important that we give people that opportunity to find right. the right way to do to do it for them and for right. their brain yeah absolutely and, and side note because I'm a pediatrician, you know, that's something kids struggle with. If we are not attentive as parents to really pay attention or even as teachers too, to pay attention to how, how does the kid learn? Because yes, the classrooms are full and then nobody has time to figure out how you learn best. But so I guess that comes back to parents. If your kid, if you find that your kid is very visual, then help them with their homework in visual ways. Take them to the zoo so they can see the animal, you know, take them to museum so they can see the things so then it's imprints in their mind and and it sticks versus mm -hmm. them reading a book or just doing the usual stuff so that's just an aside and what did no i think that's a really important topic but what what is it that helped you what was the 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 answer for yourself in in the context of learning what did you discover on that journey for you where you had to adapt your learning styles what what worked for you personally if you don't mind sharing Oh, sure. So I, I, of course, started off just reading the books or reading, sitting in class and attempting to take notes. And I found that I couldn't really remember that way. So then I discovered, mm -hmm. OK, if I if I wrote down the flashcards myself, then it, it helped me remember it the first time. And then I read the flashcards again, like everywhere I was, I would just be going over flashcards. And that's how I was able to get the memory to stick versus yes. some people will just read it once or twice and they will get it. I had to write it out myself. Yeah. I had to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I held on to my flashcards until recently and I, it was really difficult throwing them away because so much energy and effort went right. into writing them <laughs> with different right. colour pens mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that you could remember the information. And I, actually at the time that I was studying my MSc was just like really intense. Right. I was going out with a, a trainee doctor mm -hmm. and he was brilliant because he had that mindset of, you know, revision. And I don't think I would have got a distinction if I hadn't been, been going out with him because I, I kind right. of was forced into learning and finding different ways. Right. It was, the, it was the flashcards that, that won it over. And that's what, that's what he used as well. So yeah. I can really relate. <laughs> 
Yes, things we have to do, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so, and so, then you transitioned. Um, obviously, did your residency, and uh, and then what led you into brain health itself? Yeah, so I kind of buried the story about me having accidents and that whole thing, and it was just like life as usual. Got married, had the kids, da 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 da. Attending physician, and then one day I came across. Dr. Amen's course, I don't know, I think it was online somewhere, about brain health. And that's triggered the memory of, oh my gosh, this happened to you. And yeah, you got to take this course. So I I think it was the Brain Warriors way. Oh, okay. I yeah. signed up for it and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got back into the whole brain health thing because I stopped talking about it. I never, I never... I, I just it was like this thing hidden somewhere in my brain yeah oh so, yeah when I saw the course that triggered the memory and so then I was like oh wait this did happen to me <laughs> it sounds strange but it's true so I, when I, I did some more so I did the course and then I did the brain health certification and then I, I started tr attempting to try it at, when I was working with kids and then I was like, oh, my goodness, they're actually paying attention. Oh, whoa, they're actually listening. <laughs> and they're making changes. Oh, my goodness, they're actually eating their veggies now. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and so and, and then around the same time is when I realized, oh, wait, there's more we need to do with kids with ADHD. Like, why are we just handing them all these medications? I'm not against medications. I prescribe stimulants. Uh -huh. so, but I was like, we have to keep they're medicated all, all, all day long. I think what did it for me was I had a patient who was on one med in the morning, one in the afternoon, oh. one for after school, and then something to sleep with. I was like, then the mother was asking me for more sleep aid. I was like, there is no way I'm giving your kid another med. In fact, I'm going to start cutting back. I mean, no, he has to learn how to sleep. Yeah. I, we can't medicate him for the rest of his life. So that's what made me start thinking, isn't there another way around this? Mm. Isn't there more to this? And that's when I discovered functional medicine, integrative medicine. I was like, oh, <laughs> we didn't talk about this in medical school. So I did some training on uh, integrative medicine for ADHD in kids. And I was like, wow. And so when I applied it in the clinic, I started getting these results. Like some kids, like for example, I'll tell you one story about a girl, she was 12 and her mom said, oh yeah, the teacher said she has ADHD. And I'm like, the teacher said, okay, <laughs> so tell me more. And I asked this one question, how old is your house? Right. And she says, oh doc, you're going to think I'm crazy. When me and my daughter and the dog go in the house, we, fall, we feel sick. When insects fly in our house, they fall down and, and the insects die. I was like, um, <laughs> the insects die when they fly in your house. <laughs> That's not good. That's a sign. <laughs> I said, okay, mom, can you do me this big favor? Can you and your daughter not go back to that house today? She's like, well, I have to go back, but my daughter, I can put her in my sister's house. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, do that. And I'll see you in six weeks. So six weeks later, this kid comes in and she no longer is hyperactive. Well, she has also has not been in that house in six weeks. And then they find out they have this extreme case of black mold. I was like, oh, wow. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> See, usually we would just say, oh, yeah, these are your symptoms. Here's some med. We would not ask the questions about what's going on in your environment. Is there trauma in your background? What kinds of foods do you eat? How is your sleep? That's a really yeah. big one. You know, and then I would have stopped this kid with stimulant when she didn't have ADHD and it was something in her environment. And then that would be slowly killing her and her family, you know. So it and that's what that's what led me to do my TEDx talk, because in the talk, I'm just simply talking about we, I'm not saying let's throw away stimulants because it does it does help some kids that really yeah. need it. But all I'm saying is let's ask these questions around environment, the physical environment, the emotional environment, what's going on before we just hand them the meds. Yeah. So, yeah. I, no, and I think that's so important. And, I, you know, you, yeah. you know, you've just cited one case, but there will be millions of children out there who will be struggling 
with right. cognitive issues right. um, and the root cause of the issue is toxins in their environment right and and nobody's checked for it or asked the question like you say right to, to understand whether they've experienced mold exposure or it's the it's the dyes that are in in mm -hmm. the paints or you know the toxins in the paints or in the floor or in the furniture right. that's ca causing them their hyperactivity or or right. their you know breathlessness or whatever it may happen to be and it can play play a huge role in in their cognitive health and right yeah. and i think it's really important and I, I love this topic because people don't talk about the impact that our changing environment is having on our kids right it's, it, enough it's so it's such an important subject because you know over 50 years ago our environment was very different mm -hmm. to the one that yeah. we have now like very different very even the food was different everything was different everything was different so right. we've grown up you know you and i uh, in an environment that was very different to the children that we have right and they're experiencing different toxins to the ones that we experienced as kids right. um which is affecting them right and, yep. uh, and people aren't paying enough attention to this impact that having unless you, unless you could take a fun functional medicine approach it, what do you think is the biggest cause in uh, from the clients that you've seen in the context of children that that is affecting their cog cognitive function? Is there, is there something that really kind of continues to jump out as a as a root cause problem for children? Yeah, the nutrition, what they're eating. Yeah, yeah, because when they eat foods. Um, lots of kids who have been diagnosed with ADHD also have constipation, also cannot handle dairy and gluten, but that's what's in most food, right? And that's what they really drink. So I have seen dramatic improvements when you just take out those two foods because those two things cause inflammation in the gut, which will mm -hmm. inflame the brain. So it's like explaining that to the parents, whatever you put in your mouth ends up here. And, and so that's what I found, like, so that's where I usually start. After we talk about your behavior, the second question is, are you constipated? And no, I agree. Are you, are you sleeping? <laughs> because ADHD could also be called the sleep disorder. If you don't sleep, you, you won't behave right. And then the cycle just goes on and on. Meanwhile, all we are doing is medicating. One, so not medicating. the symptom. Yeah, the symptom. And we are not addressing anything else. So... And the parents don't know to bring it up and say, hey, my kid doesn't, well, my kid doesn't sleep, then we give you a pill for it. We don't exactly address how we can optimize your sleep, so. Yeah. I suppose you could remember it as easy as eat, sleep, and environment. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> eat, yeah. sleep, and environment. Because it, it really is those things for kids, isn't it? Whether it's the environment from a toxin, like, Extent mm -hmm. to people or people toxin. I really like that. Eat sleep environment. Hmm. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> but, yeah. but I totally agree with you. You know, the clients that I've had, it, whether they're adults or or children, right. but often it, you know, if I have children coming in, that you you can tell there's a dietary issue, right? Um, when they've got behavioural problems, right? Um, at, uh, and you immediately know when you do a, a detailed evaluation by asking the right questions. How right. how's your how 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 are you uh, how's your digestive system going? Right. Is it working or not? Do you have any gut ache? Do you have any stomach ache? Stomach ache? Right. Um, and I don't think very many parents. Really, so I've, if you're a parent out there, please listen to this. Is that gluten and dairy can hugely impact your child's health both yep. digestively and cognitively yes absolutely uh, yeah with my own kid my own daughter she's um so i just noticed gradually her lips were turning black i mean like jet black like her lips are usually my color yeah <laughs> and they went black wow I was like what in the world is going on so went to the dermatologist they were like what Went to the allergist, allergy tests were negative. I'm like, how is that possible? She has a, a line across her nose. So she's obviously allergic. How is your test not showing up anything? So of course, then I came across, that was around the same time I was looking at functional medicine. So I came across mm -hmm. this test I did at home. She was allergic to gluten. 
dairy, cashew, pineapple, all the things we were eating. So I was like, okay, the entire house is going, is, we're, we're taking this all out. So took it all out. Voila, no more. Her lips went back to being pink. It's like, wow. So did the allergies improve mm -hmm. and her moodiness improved. It was like amazing. Like, wow. Okay, so so my entire, all of us at home now, that's, that we just eat gluten-free and, and dairy-free. We just kept it that way. Because hmm. I have seen the difference in my own home, like wow. Yeah, I mean we're we're not hundred percent gluten or dairy free, but I certainly notice my daughter doesn't tend to have gluten or dairy. She's not hyper allergic to it, but it doesn't. She doesn't tolerate it brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And I know from myself, I've done I've done the elimination diet through the Amen clinics, and I definitely do so much better off of gluten and dairy and funnily enough I had digestive issues when I was young and I used to have sinus issues when I was young I was constantly in and out of hospital on antibiotics and right. as soon as I eliminated the dairy mm -hmm. uh, I've not been on um, any right. antibiotic medication for six years wow and I would be on it every I mean obviously we've had COVID but not for six right. years but I would, I would be on it probably twice three times a year on antibiotics. Wow. Um, and I, not, no longer. Wow. Um, you wow. know, from a very young age, not really, right. really young. So, wow. so it's so, it's so important. I, I'd, I'd love to um, dive into the, the topics that I really want to talk about is courage first and, and, and how can we find that courage? And I know you talked about it a bit, a bit in your, in your life's journey is that, that courage to to be our authentic self what, would you mind sharing your your journey in the context of courage right yes yeah courage that's something i have realized that i i have to um something i've realized i've been been more aware of and i've been intentional about growing it in my life which can be scary <laughs> So, uh, yeah, courage to say no is a big one for me because I was very introverted and I will just usually go along with what anybody said just to keep the peace, even though internally I'm fuming or I'm resentful and I would never let it show. I would just say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a really big one, isn't it? Especially mm -hmm. if you're an introvert because you end up taking the world on your shoulders and you're, you just can't carry the load. Right. And and I, I could literally feel myself dying inside. But then, of course, you have to, like, put the face on and smile and all of the things that we all do. Uh, so, yeah, courage to say no to being not treated right. So yeah. I, I resigned my job in October because they were harassing me. And I was like, OK, that's it. All done now. <laughs> But that took, I, I know I'm saying it like, yeah, it was easy peasy. I was like, what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> like, because, you know, it's like almost like your condition to, you have to have a job. You have to, this, this is what you do. You finish training and you go get a job. Not mm -hmm. so much of the, you can, you can open your practice, right? You can do other things. So I had to, I got to the point where I was like, I can't. I mean, I'm dying slowly just coming to this job and they're treating me this way and I'm trying my best. So I'm just going to say bye and figure it out. <laughs> so. No, and I think that's really courageous because so many people, yeah. you know, I did had to do the same in the corporate world that I was in. And right. you just, I don't know if for you, but for me, it was like a huge weight came off my shoulders. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you know, I, I can't go back there. No. I can breathe again. <laughs> I know. I was, and then for me, one big thing I recognized was I used to be so stressed in the morning to get my kids to school. Oh, my word. Because they told me if I was a minute late, I would be in trouble. So I'm like, and I'm not keeping patients waiting. I'm like, well, that's so stressful. And I'm like, I have three people to drop off. What in the world? <laughs> so I would hear myself raising my voice or just sounding super stressed, trying to get them, okay, get, hurry, hurry, hurry. No matter how early I, I woke up, there's three kids in three different age groups. Like, <laughs> that is, it's hard enough with one. 
I'm like, the teenager wouldn't wake up. The five-year-old is crying. I'm just... <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, the first day after I was done, we got to school and there was no yelling. I was like, <laughs> it is possible to live a life of peace. <laughs> Joy, this is amazing. Oh my <laughs> word. I'm not going back there no matter what. <laughs> but isn't it so important to find that balance? Because yeah. when your work imposes so much stress on you, yes, you it affects your your relationships, which is what happened to yes. me. You know, it massively impacts mm-hmm. how you can show up for the for the people around you that, that you care right. about. Right. And uh it's it's not fair on them, is it? No, they are so much happier. They are doing better in school. I mean, yeah, my mother is supposed to be kind to them, but it's not like I was trying to. I was being mean, but my goodness, I would hear myself sounding so agitated. Yeah, I am like they said I have to be at work at seven forty-five. If I if I get there at seven forty-six, it's a problem. It's like how, what? <laughs> what kind of life is this? Yeah, that is tough, isn't it? And then it's going to show up in the patients when they're like, how are you, doctor? What's going on? Are you okay today? Yeah. So it's a bad cycle. And I'm not advocating everybody leave their job, by all means. I'm just saying for myself. (laughs) So so I was able to stop and smell the roses. For the first, I've been a pediatrician for 10 years. I've never not like worked back to back to back to back to back like this it's like is this possible (laughs) so but I have started my own practice um but still I'm doing it on my own terms I'm not seeing 40 patients a day like I used to I'm seeing 40 (laughs) okay that's a slight exaggeration I used to see like 30 patients wow that is still a lot that's a lot of patients Exactly. So by the time I leave there, I have no idea. I don't want to talk to the kids. I don't want to do anything. I just want to go to my bed. So it was very unsustainable. So yeah, so I am, I am doing it. I am, uh, I have designed it around my life. So I start work after I've dropped them nicely at school and everybody's happy. And then I work and then I stop work before I have to go get them so I can get dinner ready. So I'm not stressing and all that. So I am thankful. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel like maybe I should be pulling my hair out. Should I, shouldn't I be working? <laughs> I mean, I've had other pediatricians say, you're too young. You should be working nine to five. I'm like, <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Why do I have to work nine to five? I can work 8.30 to four. That too is fine. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm able to take care of the kids well. So I think that's what's most important is being authentic to what's to who you are and where you are in your life and just trying to as much as it's possible make changes so that your work and your life I mean there's never going to be perfect harmony of course it's life Mm -hmm. but to just make sure you're taking care of because if our brains and and, and we're not in good standing with ourselves then nothing else is going to work so Hmm. I, I totally agree and you know I can resonate with that so much when we end up burning the candle at both ends and we're, it, you know sleep is often the first thing we drop when we think we're well <laughs> and it's the first thing we need when we're poorly <laughs> so uh, you know it, it doesn't really make sense that we don't prioritize it and we don't prioritize that self-care piece right we're, when we when we like are stretching our work work time and I'm I'm guilty of it <laughs> myself. You know, if you're in a, pas- a place of passion, it's really easy mm-hmm. to get lost lost in what you're doing right. uh, and forget to look after yourself. But it's also right. really easy when right. you're under the cosh, <laughs> you know, and you're under the thumb and, right. and, and that people are forcing you to work incredibly long hours because if you don't, you're, you know, you're out the door and you're, or your job is at risk. And right that's really tough yeah so so now you're starting your own practice your focus is on children with ADHD is it what's your big focus now so yeah I'm doing a a combination of things 
So my practice is like uh, house calls. So I'll be going to patient homes to see them. <gasps> I know, like back in the day. <laughs> that is lovely. Gosh, don't people need that now? That yeah, pers personal so, touch. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm doing. And then, yes, I'm seeing kids with ADHD, but I'm also starting to give more talks about brain health, which I find I'm enjoying. I talked to a group of ladies, 50 and older. Actually, there was a 91-year-old on the call. It was so much fun. <laughs> Oh and I was like wait how is a pediatrician doing this but I, I mean I can and and that's what I, I realized a few years ago is that really my job isn't so much to the kid isn't to take care of the kid only it's really by extension the parents because if I can talk all I want about this kid if the parents aren't in together I mean and they're not healthy themselves nothing's gonna happen I mean my kid will end up worse than they like I saw them so so and that used to get me into trouble at work because I would spend 45 minutes with the patients. <laughs> talking to the parents and they would be like, you were in there too long. I'm like, but she needed to talk. So I listened. I mean, isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so that's what I do now. So it's a combination of those two things. Yeah. I love that. I, I'd love to transition to the fun facts now because I think it's a great time. <laughs> so um, obviously facts is the mnemonic for the five pillars of brain health that I use as my framework in, in the, with the clients that I serve. So F is for feelings, A is for action, C is for connections to ourselves and others, T is for thoughts and S is for surroundings, which I know we've spoken about. So before we dive into the surroundings piece, what feelings or emotions are most important to you in life and why? Peace. <gasps> peace. I will peace is priceless. I refuse to trade it for anything. Not I, for I, money, not for anything. Peace. Yeah. I I do you know, I don't think we get enough of that these days. Because we just don't always seem to be on, don't we? We don't it's really hard sometimes for some people. And, and I'm included in this is just to pause and have that yes. that peaceful moment to ourselves. Yeah, yes. I, I hear giving it. ourselves that permission to have, a, you know, to generate peace yes. in our lives. I like what you said, giving yourself permission, because you literally have to give yourself permission. Because when I left my job, I had to face who am I? Like, what's my identity without being the doctor in the hospital taking care of kids? Like, um, I kind of like... <laughs> struggled for a little bit then I was like wait no you give yourself permission to enjoy peace and figure out how that works into your how work can fit into your life you know so yes I agree with that you have to give yourself permission so yeah and, and I think also when you you know as you reflected earlier is when you find that peace within yourself you create it's like a ripple effect isn't it you start creating peace around you Yes. And everybody starts to calm down and the energy level starts to go down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when we engage that parasympathetic nervous system, it's right. very right. important. And right. conversely, obviously, if you're in a highly strung, stressful environment, everybody around you becomes mm -hmm. stressed. And you saw it in your kids that yeah. their grades were, you know, got better when you when you created that peace. They did, yes, you're absolutely right. No, it's so important. Um, and next one is actions. What's the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done? Huh. <laughs> is say yes to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes to just being me. <laughs> no, I love that. Not what anybody else thinks I should be. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so free. Yeah. I love that. It's like your butterflies, you're free. Like the yeah, butterflies. Yeah, that's why you. I have the butterfly. Yes, I can finally flap my wings and fly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. rather than being in that cocoon that somebody squished you in. Yes. <laughs> I, I think, do you know, I think that's so, so important. And I know you. Um, you mentioned it at the, at the beginning when we started chatting as be, showing up as being that authentic you. Yeah. Uh, and there's only one of you, so because everyone else is taken and we forget that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like how you said everybody else is taken. That's right. <laughs> so but we forget that, don't we? We forget that um, 
you know, we can just be who we are. Right. <laughs> and we don't have to compare ourselves to others because there is no comparison. Right. There is no. We're unique. So we should just be who we want to be. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I, and, you know, I, I just want to expand on this is because I, I noticed my my daughter is noticing things about me that she's like, oh, mummy, you need to do this or mummy, you're turning into that or mummy this. And I, and I sort of say to her, you know, Lily, you just got to accept people for who they are, right. you know, <laughs> whatever they show up as, you just got to accept them and yeah. not judge them. And right. it's kind of really interesting that I'm not sure where, where she gets it from. She must get it from us at home, I guess, but she's starting right. to create this judgment Mm-hmm. On, on, on others and it starts early doesn't it we just oh, yeah. start to judge ourselves mm-hmm. absolutely and- yeah the story that you tell yourself or that you hear others say about you that you believe and yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, diving into that is the connection with yourself what's the most important value that guides you in life most important value that guides me is truth why is that so important for you what what's could you i'm sure there's a great story behind this (laughs) because i had to tell myself the truth about where i was what i was doing what i could Mm -hmm. do better and tell myself the truth that i have a choice i have a choice to accept being treated not well or i have a choice to say nope as hard as it, it is, I'm going to have to not continue this way and do something different. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and, and I, thank you for sharing that. Because I think it's so easy for us to sort of wander around and lo- lying to ourselves mm. all the time, you know, giving ourselves that it's right. okay. Um, and it's, it's hard to face the truth, isn't it? It's hard to tell ourselves the truth because sometimes the truth hurts. Yes, it does. <laughs> what you uh, said to me, though. Yeah, I was just about to say that, but it also <laughs> can set you through. Yes, Layman said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yes, absolutely. It was, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it is the truth and the truth will set you free. <laughs> yes. No, and I, I think, and this comes back to when you mentioned earlier, isn't it? Is accept where you're at. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, what, what for you is optimal brain health is accepting where, where you're at, that acceptance piece right. is, is so important. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, it's hard to move forward in life if we're always looking in the rearview mirror, if we're right. always looking backwards. Mm-hmm. Or if we're always looking into the future, not paying attention to where we are now. Right. We're never living in the present then. We're mm-hmm. always kind of in some different time zone to the present. <laughs> and, and, and it's important that we just, you know, take take a rain check where we are at. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. <laughs> um, thoughts. Next one is thoughts. What, what stupid or crazy thought have you often told yourself in the past that isn't true? I'm not good enough. And... What do I have to say? Nobody's going to listen anyways. <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah. Where, where do you think that came from? What, you know, what, what do I have to say? No one's going to listen. Huh? It came from a combination of things, environments, things mm-hmm. people said to me, um, feeling like comparing myself to others. Like mm-hmm. I did that one myself. Yeah. Like feeling others were better than me. And so therefore the story I, I would tell myself is, no, you're going to sit in the back of the room. You're not going to speak to anybody. You're just going to be quiet. No. What do you even have to say anyways? <laughs> and it's often the people in the back of the room that have the prof- most profound things to say. Right. But yes, I told myself that for a long time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's hard to break that mold, isn't it? Because if you, f- if you feel that you've been silenced, right. um, being loud is really difficult. Yes. Because it it's safe. You feel safer being silent because mm-hmm. you're not exposed when you're, when you're, you know, quietly in the background. Right. Which helps you hide more, which helps you not tell yourself the truth more, which 
See, it's such a bad And cycle. it creates a vicious problem, doesn't it? It's self-perpetuating negative, exactly. negative cycle. It just goes on and on. It's just wrong. Yeah. So, and we don't realise it, do we, that it's happening? Yeah, yeah. But I have found that once I became aware of the impact of your thoughts on your life and how your thoughts actually will show up in your reality. So once I really understood that concept, I can now hear myself talking. I can hear myself saying something, things crazy about myself. And I try very hard to stop myself and re rephrase or like say in my head, no, 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 that's not true. Or something like that to catch myself. So I, it's a process, of course. It's not something easy. You Sometimes you, you fall back and do and listen to the thoughts. But yeah, yeah. if you... If you, want, if you listen to this conversation we are having and you start telling yourself, I'm going to be more aware of what I say or I'll only say good things about myself or even if I tell myself the truth about something I didn't do right, I will ask myself, okay, so what can I do different? Mm -hmm. That way you're not just stuck with, oh my God, I didn't do something right now. What, mm -hmm. what can we do different? So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, in, uh, going back to your point of awareness is that it takes time to have the awareness of your thoughts. You know, yes. you, you can't just suddenly, oh, there's my thought, because you have to pause and reflect, because right. your thoughts run in the background and often not checked at all. So yes. you have to bring them into the foreground of your mind, which is the prefrontal right. cortex. And that yes. takes much longer to do <laughs> than just having them running in the back. So anybody that tries this, it's OK if it takes you a while initially, because right. it will, because it's yes. like riding a bike. <laughs> exactly yeah it's hard initially it just yeah. is hard and be okay with that and then yeah. you just have to keep doing it and doing it and practicing and practicing and you'll yep. become more attentive to it mm -hmm. uh to the thoughts that are running in the daytime so maybe you start at night time and think okay i'm going to check in with my thoughts in the evening that's often what i do uh, try and do it every night see what right. thoughts are rumbling along and then when you get used to that rhythm and that beat of checking in you'll right. start going, oh, I'm having a lot of thoughts in the day that I didn't realise I was having. Yeah, um, yeah. It helps too if you write them down. That way you can even see what you're thinking. And then you yeah, can... yeah, exactly. Journaling. Yeah, so when you write it down, I often I have like, I write it down, then I write the correct thing I should be thinking. Or I don't just stop at, oh my God, is this the junk I was thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I write down what I should actually be thinking. And yeah. like say it aloud to myself because your brain will go to work to do whatever instruction you give it. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And and I'd love to, that's a, a great point tra to transition into this importance of resilience. W yeah. Would you, would you mind sharing some of the, you know, why is resilience so important to you? And I, you know, we've talked, we've talked about this on the show um, on some other episodes as well and I think it's a hugely important topic but what what makes it so um, poignant for you for yourself personally yeah so resilience is just building that to me anyways this is my own <laughs> definition no, right. <clears throat> it's building that backbone which includes courage which includes faith which includes hope of that things will get better and and just it's figuring out the things that you need to correct in your control that's so that you, you you can you can continue to make progress in a positive way and so yeah. what are the things that build resilience i've already i just said some of them like courage and hope and faith because we need those ingredients to build that muscle of resilience that will keep us going whether we're up whether the circumstances are good or circumstances are not good and that ties into gratitude for me because I, that's what I've been practicing this year more than ever before is I'm going to say, find something to say thank you about. And I have found that when I do that, it actually makes the things that look hard. Sometimes even with tears running down my face, I'm <laughs> like, I have to find something to be thankful for because it makes the what feels so dark and heavy, not so heavy. It's like a ray of light into my brain saying there is hope. Things, yeah, it feels really hard right now, but it, it will get better, even yeah. though you can't see it. And it doesn't mean immediately the circumstance changes, but you change, which is the most important thing, because you drive the whole 
the whole thing, right? Absolutely. And I don't think we realise that we do sometimes. We, right. you know, especially if we've come out of a dark place right. uh, where we've kind of lost our own internal power because of the circumstances around us, whether that's you know that's work or or, or something else, right. and we have to find that power within us again. And it can be quite hard because somebody may have snuffed it, snuffed out the you know the spark or that's right. inside us that we were, you know, that passion that we had of kind of, it's still sort of flickering and a little ember, but yeah, you have to put some fuel to it <laughs> yes, to make it absolutely. light up again. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. So resilience can be looked at as, as a fuel, as a muscle, same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's all for us to grow in the direction that we need to go in and to keep yeah. impacting more people. Cause that's the reason we're here, right? Is to help people, behind us right get yes as we move forward we pull the we help the people behind us yeah. do better yeah. as well so yeah. and i think that's so important i think sometimes people think resilience is this like big thing that we have to have our arms around and it's a huge thing that's too difficult to to grab hold of but actually it's, it can be just simply um doing a difficult thing that day yes. that you couldn't have done the, the day before Right. Or getting up when you couldn't get up the day before, you know, building those little incremental steps right. to yeah. make it, to move yourself in the direction of travel that you want to go. Yes. And knowing that, okay, it's going to be hard, mm -hmm. but I can still do it. It yep. might take me longer. That's okay. I can still do it. Yep. That's absolutely right. And the more, again, the more our brains, what, what we focus on grows. So if we just keep going back to, Yes, we're going to make it like Dr. Ruth said. Yeah, we eventually will. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, yeah. I became a doctor, right? <laughs> well, I'm a doctor of physics. I never became a medical doctor, so. Well, we are here talking about the brain, which is... We are talking about the brain, so. <laughs> so so we're, all we're all doctors on the same page. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so... <laughs> So I, I'd love to know, because this show is all about brain health and unchaining your pain, what one piece of advice would you give to anyone who is, you know, we've talked a lot about people who have put destructive thoughts in your mind and made you feel less than or made you feel you can't speak up or made you feel that you're not good enough. What, what one piece of advice would you give to anyone who's struggling to find that courage to to find that that resilience that they feel they need or or generate the gratitude that they're, they're looking looking to generate in their lives to, to move forward what what would your one piece of advice be my one piece of advice would be to change the thoughts that you think about yourself so uh -huh. if I, I just start in just do this one thing even if you just write out, I can, I can, I, I will make it, or I can do this. And what, that's what I've done. I, I put posters on my mirror, right by my bedside, in my car, just, and just keep saying it to myself over and over until I actually believe it. And I found that when I, when I did that, it shifted things in my mind, no matter how dark it looked. I just reminding myself that I can take the next step. So that's mm. what I you can take the next step no matter how hard it seems and yes it is things can be really hard but just just remind yourself by by making visual we are visual human we're visual beings right so we need to see it so just put it in strategic places where you can see it and just when you see it say it to yourself and just believe that Mm. that's a great piece of advice and I you know I when I went on my my journey many years ago now it, it feels is I actually had some statements up on my mirror to remind me of what I could do right. and to remind me of who I am and and never underestimate the power of a bit of uh, paper yes. <laughs> yes. in strategic places with some positive statements on them yes can it's really change change your trajectory Yes. And, how, and your belief in yourself. So that's a brilliant piece of advice. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, Pleasure. Dr. Hokeke, it's been so, so much fun talking to you. How can people get hold of you and learn more about what you do and uh, your practice, your new practice? Yeah, so my practice website is uh, www.globepediatrics.com. I'm on LinkedIn at Hoke F. Young, MD. 
same thing on Facebook and I'm on TikTok actually. <laughs> okay, Echo MD, yes. <laughs> so that's how to find me. So do make sure you connect with Dr. Hokehe because she is an absolute force for good. She's doing loads of great work as well with the charities that you support. I know we didn't even mention those, did we? Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> goodness yeah it's called kids of hope it's a non-profit for foster children and so what we'll be doing is doing training to help the foster parents and the people who take care of those kids helping them with their brain health so but they can hopefully help the children because lots of foster kids are traumatized like yeah. really traumatized so. really traumatized so do, do make sure we'll put that in the show notes as well Okay. Um, to link to that charity too and obviously if there's anything I can do to support you uh, and the charity charity that you support you know and to help those kids who so desperately need it then um you know I'm always here as you know <laughs> yes. uh, to do what to do whatever uh, help I can so everyone this show is all about brain health unchaining your pain you are not stuck with the brain you have, uh, you can change it. And Dr. Hokehe has been here to show you how. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm so glad I made it. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. My face is hurting. My cheeks are hurting. <laughs> I love your intro.